Live live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. Excited about this Monday. We missed last Monday because of technical issues, but we have a full-blown schedule tonight. Let me welcome in my co-host, Duck Riley. I hope he wasn't dancing on that bad foot. So, you know, we're going to get started here um, with our new intro, new season, and we're excited about it. Welcome, Duck. <laughs> Damn, Princess. You were just so upset about my foot. Okay, I appreciate that. Good looking out. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you very much, Steve Thornton. I think Duck Torres Achilles trying to get some water out of the refrigerator. You have thoughts about that, Steve Thornton? <laughs> That's rough. That's, I mean, I have torn my Achilles, so I, I know how unpleasant it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know. Hope that you heal up well and heal quickly. Uh, well, his was uh, torn. It's ruptured. You know, there's a difference. I, I think that's a dramatic enough word. It's ruptured, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, I'll stop. And I, yeah, I really truly about, everybody. <laughs> probably about, I think about 15 years ago, I I, I tore it. And uh, now it's bothering me again. So I got to see what's up. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. He he uh he disturbed it while getting some water out of the refrigerator. I'm still going to go with that. Princess, it could have been the robot that night. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can still slide. Uh-oh. He's moonwalking. I have a problem that in 2023 you're still doing the robot, but we really gotten off topic. <laughs> Let me... Welcome, everybody. And Carlos Bradley, how are you, sir? I am well. How's everybody else doing? Doing good. Doing really good. Doing really good. Awesome. Will Lewis, welcome to the show. Greetings, everybody. Good to be back with you all. Hope everybody's doing well. Doing really good. Thank you. Glad to have you. All right, let's get in here. Larry Tisdale, welcome to the show, sir. What's going on, family? Good to be back. What's going on? Good to be back. Good, Good to, to hear have from you everybody. Back. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, brother yeah. Duck, I didn't know you were down. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I tore my Achilles too. Listen, I tore mine. I, I pray yeah. for it. I hope it's just. I hope it's just sore. Now you know some of this. I'm 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 really over dramatizing. So um, I'll let Duck tell the truth at the end of the show. Just let my lie continue <laughs> for a little bit, okay? Okay. <laughs> and just let me snitch and just live in the drama. <laughs> All right. Boil them up. Saving the best for last. Vicky Porter, how are you, sir? Oh my goodness. Hey, Princess, how you doing? What's up, I'm doing fellas? Good. <laughs> hey Ricky. Hey. <laughs> you gotta say it all led to the hey Ricky Porter. You uh, gotta do <laughs> I don't even know how what we see each other, how I'm gonna react. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> me and my all right, Zuck. Well hold on, let me get Tim Moore in here. Tim Moore, how are you? I'm doing well, Princess, very well. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Okay, so Tim Moore, I talked to Duck earlier today because I thought my Gators were um, playing this weekend, so I'd ask Duck to give me some time to get you to pray for my Gators, but I'll wait till next week. It's not this week. So. <laughs> do they, do, are, they, are they expected to be that bad this year that they need prayer? <laughs> um, I, whether they are or not, I need prayer because I take so it so personally. <laughs> for sure. Um, and I've heard predictions anywhere from seven to five to four and eight. So yeah, you know, and they open up with Utah, but we've really gotten off subject. I'll come to you next week, Tim, and we'll take about thirty minutes. Okay. Sounds like sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Buck. Tim, she said thirty minutes. Okay, that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want I want to get started with uh, Will Lewis because I want to. Talk about Eric Bieniemy. 
and the Washington situation. Uh, are players too sensitive? Uh, we are, what's going on, man? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that players nowadays are a little bit sensitive, and Eric Bieniemy still has a little bit of old school in him, um, where clearly, um, you know, he is the uh, – He's the uh, assistant head. He's the offensive coordinator. He's running the show. Uh, and, and as a player, he was an intense. He was intense. As an assistant coach, he was intense. Um, and I think as he, you know, travels up the ranks, people are going to see that he's very serious and very intense. But he's he, truthfully, and I've seen it firsthand. He loves the players that he has. You know what I mean? So his 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 intensity comes from a good spot. You know what I mean? His his type of coaching, his hard coaching comes from a good spot. And I think in the long run, those guys who, who buy into the way he approaches it will end up being better because they'll know he's, he's, got their, uh, he's got their back in the long run. Okay. Uh, Ricky, when has it been when a, a head coach comes out? Usually you kind of try to keep this stuff in the locker room, don't you? Uh, yeah, you do. And and that's that's the difference in uh, the new age player we have right now. It's 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 a little different. You know, you can't scold them. You could back in the day, and um, things come out that shouldn't come out. Uh, I think what Eric is doing is what you know. I think all of us who have coached have been around it. Um, the philosophy is, and it's always been that way. It's always, I mean, it's even like that in raising your children. It's always easier to pull back the reins and ease off than to come in there, the nice guy, the easygoing guy, you know, hanging out with your boys and with the players and doing all this. And then all of a sudden things start falling apart. And now you all of a sudden want to come down on them hard. Players don't relate to that well. It's always easy to come in, put your thumb on them, put, you know, get your system in there, come right on down on them, let them know this is how it's going to be. Once they buy into the system and it's okay, you know, it's easier to ease off a little bit and they see how much you love them and care about them and how much you work with them. But there always can be a conflict if you come in there trying to be their buddy, the nice guy, this, that, and that. And then when the stuff starts hitting the fan and the coaches, you know, they're looking at you. I mean, you know, everybody's looking at you, management, and everybody's like, what's going on over there? Now you want to come in there and put your foot down on their throat, and it's, you're going to get more rebellion there. So I think Eric is doing – he's old school just like us. He's doing it the way it's supposed to be done. He's coming in there, letting them know there's a new sheriff in town. And I guarantee you he does love his players. And eventually, when he implements his system, they start having success. And he's going to pull off just a little bit to let them know I'm just a regular guy. But they know that that's in the background. It's hard. It is truly hard to be the nice guy right from the beginning, and then stuff don't work out, and then you try to put your, you know, put that hammer down. You then you're really going to lose the players. So I think Eric is doing the right thing. I'm behind him, you know. And uh, he's been in the game long enough as a player and a coach. Uh, he's been around success and winning, and I think he's going to do the same thing there too. Okay, uh, Carlos, Coach Rivera, his comments. I think that is the problem in a nutshell, Doc. The the weakness yeah. of the head coach, just like you said. <clears throat> this is normally kept in the locker room, well, then why would a coach out one of his coaches? Biennemi said, I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be demanding of my leaders. And we all know on this call, having been leaders in different situations, that it starts with you. The coach yells at you because then you can take it and everyone else can hear it. Okay. So the enemy is doing, just like Ricky said, he's doing what he should do. He's yelling at them to get their attention, and once he has them in full, then you ease up. The issue really, I think, is the head coach because the head coach is on the hot seat. The head coach knows if it doesn't happen, it's still going to come back to him. So he's trying to pass the buck now. Oh, 
the enemy has an issue with the players because, or the players have an issue with him. No, you got the player, you got the issue because of your own behind. That's what the issue is, I think. The weakness of Rivera. Okay, uh, Steve, knowing that the enemy is coming from the Chiefs and he's coming to your program, wouldn't you think he, with two Super Bowl rings, that would give you kind of a little bit of a leeway? Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I've been, I followed this a little bit, and, and when it first came out, Rivera pretty much said he put his foot in his mouth. I, I did see that or I read that somewhere, and that's pretty much what happened. I, I don't know how big of a deal it is. I'm not that close to it, but he did say he put his foot in his mouth. And with him coming over from the Chiefs, if I'm anywhere on the offense, I'm in the enemy's hip pocket because I want to find out how they won two Super Bowls with him there and went to three because that's the ultimate goal. And if you're a player and that's what your goal is, you should be all ears. I, I, I saw on, on one of the shows this morning um, one of the wide receivers, I think it was McLaren, who basically said that there wasn't an issue. He said, you know, that's what he wants. He wants to be coached up because he wants to win. And I really think that's the bottom line is, if, if you know, I don't know how things were in the past. don't know how the offensive coordinator was. But with the enemy coming from Kansas City, and and to, to put it in professional terms, he's got credentials. So my 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 objective is to to pick this guy's brain, to find out what they did in Kansas City that we were not doing in Washington, and, and do the same thing. One of my favorite phrases is it's a copycat league. So if I can figure out what they were doing. And we can do something similar to it with the talent that we have. Of course, they don't have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. But, <laughs> you know, apparently they got a guy they believe in in Howell. And, you know, putting the right pieces around him. And, and apparently they do have a very good defense. So without rambling too much more about it, you know, I'm, I'm all ears. And and I think uh, it, was, it was Carlos that said, you know, we all come from old school backgrounds, and I think we discussed this before once. My dad was a, a drill sergeant in the Army. So when I started playing sports, I was like, it wasn't too much a coach could say to me that I hadn't heard already. <laughs> and in a tone that said, hey, look, you need to get in line. <laughs> and that's the way it was. I guess when you have a big family – you know, his goal, his his objective was to be the father, not my my, my buddy, not my friend. I have plenty of, plenty of friends on the block, and I think <laughs> the enemy is like in in the beginning. It's like, hey, look, we got to get in shape. If we want to win, this is what we got to do. And I would be all ears. That that's my take on it. I I don't have an issue with anything that he has said or done. Okay. Uh... Larry, you know, kind of same question. You know, like we're talking about the enemy, you're coming from a successful pro team, and now all of a sudden they complain to the head coach about you changing things. Why wouldn't you change it if you haven't been winning? You know, and and that brought me up to to doing some thinking. Um, I think everybody here would be running to the enemy, uh, especially our, our generation. Um, I don't think that Rivera made a mistake whatsoever. I think Rivera was covering his behind. Um, there's nobody here that believes that, that he should have said that, and he tried to backtrack uh, by saying he put his foot in his mouth. If you're going to go somewhere and you're going to change the culture, and they needed, out of all the teams in the, in the league, they needed to change the culture more than anybody from the top down. Uh, so obviously they brought him in. And he's probably had, we've heard uh, uh, Shake uh, talk about he's had some problems dealing with the way he speaks. And, and I agree. He is old school. Uh, but he is a champion. And he does come with credentials. I don't think this was as much as an accident as we want to believe. I think Ron Rivera, who is on, his, on the hot seat and on the way out, 
probably sees the writing on the wall and was trying to grab a chip while he could and put that out there and say if there's going to be issues that, you know, maybe the enemy didn't approach this properly. Um, the leaders on the team, I think Steve mentioned McLaren, or some of the leaders on the team said, no, that's not correct. And we do want something like that. We do want to be held accountable. So it seems real suspicious the way this came out um, with bringing in a new team. I, I just found it somewhat suspicious that the way it came out. So I, I, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't find a problem with it either. My father was a drill sergeant. We come from a different generation. I do understand that these young players are different. I really do understand that. But everybody knows when you're going to camp, it's just hell. You know, when you go to camp, it's unpleasant. There needs to be a tone set. And by the time camp is over, you realize if you have a team that's willing, willing to compete or not. So I think the enemy did the right thing. Um, I'm pointing at, like Carlos said, uh, yeah, Rivera, this, this seems really, yeah, this, this seems really odd to me. Okay. Uh, Precious, everything that's been said about this the enemy saga, what you think? I'm coming from the perspective of the media asked the question in a Ron Rivera press conference. He could have ignored the question and said, move on. But when asked about this, that there were players that thought that the enemy was doing too much, Rivera compared him to Jack Del Rio, who is also um, yeah. on the coaching staff, and said maybe if Eric the enemy had more experience like Del Rio, he would have handled it better. But he does have the reins to do whatever, but he made the comparison to Jack Del Rio, which was unnecessary. And answering the question I thought was unnecessary. So I'm putting this right on the, the head coach's um, desk and, and, and blaming this on him. And if the players complain, okay, so what? Uh, they complained that they were changed. He was, Eric Benjamin was changing too much and doing too much. Well, whatever was happening last year wasn't wasn't good, so why wouldn't you want to come in and do an about face? But I put this on 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 the desk of Ramirez. He should have cut have kept his mouth closed. And then if you open it, why are you comparing him to Jack Del Rio and saying that Jack Del Rio has a better coaching style and has more experience? So he probably would have handled it different. Yeah, uh, and coming to Tim with that, the last part of what Francis said, Jack Del Rio. You know, of course, we know black lives don't matter. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I was wondering if somebody's going to bring that up. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you can't. You can't that, look, that you don't forget. But go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the the uh, the focus a little bit off of the enemy and and sort of put it on the the Washington uh, Redskins slash Commanders as an organization. Uh, they've gone through a great deal of turmoil the last few years with Snyder as the owner. Now the uh, the new ownership coming in with Magic Johnson at the helm. They are the first team in the NFL to have a black that is running their operation as the president of the, uh, of the organization with uh, Jason Wright out of Northwestern. Um, where is the organization and how much did this uh, behavior play into just uh, trying to shape uh, what their existence is going to be with this new organization. Let me go to Will, Will Lewis first because uh, I know you've got some uh, experience in the front office. <laughs> yeah, I think um, for the uh, for the head coach, uh, Coach Rivera. Um, I mean, I, I think he's just kind of trying to play it. Uh, Played a little bit too safe, trying to play the play it both ways. And certainly, yes, his 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 butt is on the line here as well, because um, he's going to be under heavy scrutiny. And when you bring in uh, a guy who has the credentials of a B enemy, uh, you got new ownership. They're going to be they're still wide open. I mean, they're not obligated to to have uh, Coach Rivera, so they're going. I think their eyes are going to be wide open, and they're going to keep on looking and see. You know, do we need to? go in another direction, you know, or, or do we have the chemistry, you know, that, uh, you know, that we like here? Um, for me personally, I think uh, Coach Bienemy is going to be um, – he, he's going to put his stamp on it regardless of how other people react. He's going to put his stamp on his situation. So it didn't matter if he was going to be 
a running back coach, or if he was going to be a receiver's coach, uh, whether he's going to be the coordinator or whatever it is, he's going to put his stamp on the people that he's coaching. And, uh, again, uh, if the players are, are smart enough and patient enough to buy in, they'll see that this guy will make them uh, a much better player. And ultimately, that's what a player wants to know, is can this guy make me a better player? And if he can, then the chances I'm buying in is, is going to be greater. Um, but I think ultimately when ownership looks at some of this stuff, uh, I think they're still in the uh, an area of evaluating you know, their staff, what they have moving forward, because it's brand new. And, again, like I said, they're not obligated to, to keep – Coach Rivera, so it's almost, you know, uh, it's just open season uh, to see what, you know, they can do to come up with uh, the best moving forward. Okay. Uh, Mustafa, I mean, mean, uh, Larry Townsend, uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, what are are your thoughts? How much of this is brown-nosing for the new ownership and, uh, and how much of this is just endemic with, the, the the disarray that this whole organization is in. You know what? I think this is. I, I I think the writing's on the wall. I think there's a new organization. I'm sure there's been meetings from the top down that they want a new culture. The enemy came in with a new culture, and I think Rivera probably felt threatened. I don't believe. I don't believe he makes it through the year. Um, and unfortunately, I don't. You know, he's been around way too long. That's not a slip up that you would make. We know how to take yeah. care of our staff and our players. So this wasn't – and then to double down with the Jack Del Rio comment, I, I, if I, if I have to believe that ownership and management is sitting there having a problem with this right now. I don't think this was a mistake whatsoever. Most things that happen – we say copycat league. Most things that happen in this league are not by accident. Um, that was very conscious, and I – that some of the young good players stood up for him because that's the players, those are the type of players that will allow him by midseason to probably take over the reins uh, as head coach. Uh, I have, I I have a say, question. I just want to slip this in. That means to me, Eric, gentlemen, that this was not an idea or something that Ron Rivera wanted. And when I say that, Eric the enemy as the offensive coordinator – I, I, I think this was a decision made in the front office by whomever that, hey, we need to get some help here, and this is where we think we can happen. Ha- this can happen. And made those negotiations, whether Ron Rivera likes it or not, and I do think everything is up for um, discernment this year because of new ownership, and I think they'll, you know, everybody has to prove themselves or they're going in a different direction. Sorry, Carl. Okay. I, I agree. But my my question is, when have we not listened to the winner? Right, right. Yeah. If you bring in a winning coach, you bring him in because of his mentality, because of his ideas, because of his thoughts, because of his leadership. That's the change in the culture. That's why you brought in the winner. Why are we even – I don't mean to be disrespectful to the players, but why are we even listening to – the losing players. You need direction. You need direction. So I think this, as has already been said, Rivera is on the hot seat either way. Bringing attention to this just brings attention to someone that's trying to be a leader, which clearly you are not. So I think, it, as, as has been said, the writing's on the wall. He should be on his way out. They want a new name for the team. They want a new direction for the team. And why would you not listen to the winner that came to the team? That's the one that's going to set the course for your organization. So I think this is this is totally Rivera trying to, to, to cover or shift the blame somewhere yeah. else. But, no, you are still the head coach. If you aren't – and I think with the enemy – being as strong a presence as he is, it's shrinking Rivera. And he's like, oh, what am I supposed to do now? Well, go lead the defense, buddy. You are a defensive player. Go do that and, and, and gather the leadership together. He's dividing it already. So, I mean, I don't, I don't like this. I don't think it's right. 
and and I think Biennemi is is clearly doing and setting the course in which he should do. Steve Thornton, what are your thoughts? How much this is brown nosing, and how much of this is uh, is actually just endemic with the disarray that this whole organization has been in? Mm, that's a good question, a really good question, and I, I I don't know if I have the answer because you know I don't pay too much attention in Washington since they're in the NFC East, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know I I understand because. I think there needs to be like a really drastic overhaul. I kind of compare it, though it's not nearly the same. I kind of compare it to the Colorado, because when Dion came in and did what he did, he was like, "What did y'all want me to do?" We were one in eleven last year, so he said, "I'm trying to change things." He said, "Obviously, the players that were there weren't good enough to compete," so he said, "I, I got rid of them and he changed things around." Now, and everybody's interested to see what's going to happen. With Washington, I, I think they do need a lot of change. Uh, someone mentioned their name. They have a sucky name, first off. <laughs> they need to change that. <laughs> uh, and and I, I like the enemy. Uh, probably would have been a good thing if they'd hired him as the head coach right off the bat because I thought it was kind of my own personal feelings is I wouldn't have gone anywhere and being an OC. If I wasn't a head coach, I'd have stayed where I was and won a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl, or, or, or gotten into another Super Bowl because the formula there added up to a W. Hmm. Now, is there going to be work there? Are there challenges with Washington? Of course there are. I mean, and, and the answer is yes. And was he a good hire for Washington? I think he was. I think he was. Uh I don't know about Ron Rivera. I have a lot of questions about him that date back to when they, when Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback. And he basically mm-hmm. ran him out of Washington. Yeah. And then I had problems with the defensive coordinator that you guys have already talked about, who basically said that the uh, January 6th, a couple of years ago, that the, uh, at the Capitol, the riots or whatever you want to call it, the insurrection, he basically said it was a dust-up. But wait a minute, wait a minute, Steve. Wait, wait a minute, Steve. Uh, Ron Rivera said that that the enemy ought to be more like him. Mm. If he had his experience on the wall. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot going on there, man. It's a lot. But like I said, that that defensive coordinator when he said that. It, it really oh, yeah. it made my head spin around. I was like, if I was a defensive player. I would not want to play for that man. Not at all. That's, that's my feeling. If you want to say that what happened at the Capitol was a dust-up, we have to sit down and talk man-to-man. Hmm. I know he came back and retracted some of it, but I have a lot of issues with Washington, and and, and, and I don't really dislike them that much because some of my favorite players came out of that organization. I'm a big uh, uh Bobby Mitchell fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Loved that dude. And he was with the, with what was at that time the Redskins. Right. And also uh, and John Riggins. So, you know, they have a, a history. And I think they're trying to get back to it. And I think the enemy was a good hire, a really good hire. And I think a couple of, you know, you guys know more than I about um, Rivera, but, you know, he's suspect. And the defensive coordinator I really don't like. Because those words spoke volumes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Carlos, I heard you respond. Uh, go, go ahead. Excuse me? I heard you respond when he mentioned the defensive coordinator and playing for him. Well, I, I agree. Like, first of all, I've never liked uh, Jack Del Rio anyway. Even when I played against him, I didn't like him. So cause he was one of them soft USC linebackers that got a lot of accolades that always annoyed me, okay? So that's what I'm saying about it personally. Now, as a defensive coordinator, he's shown no great prowess to, to, to lead anybody either. So with him making that statement, I, I would have a problem going to bat with him because he drank the Kool-Aid. 
Okay? He drank the Kool-Aid. You've divided this room, and it's hard for me to, to go to bat for you because you're not going to bat for me. You know, I don't mean to, to get into the deep political commentary, but come on, insurrection is insurrection. If someone's inciting a riot and then you're saying it was a dust-off and someone's trying to steal our democracy and, and, and you know, just wanting to uh, enact martial law in the country so he could say I'm still president and throw out all the votes, that's what he wanted to happen. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And And because Pence didn't leave to allow him to do that, he said hang Pence. Okay, so that's how deep <laughs> this dirt goes with him. And then Jack Del Rio is going to say, oh, it was a dust off. Like, people died that day. People yeah, died yeah. that day. Okay, yeah. people died in that dust off. So that ain't no dust off. Take your ass yeah. out there and die. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Okay, this is up on that. I think that that is the undergarment of everything that we talk about on, on some of these shows. You, you, you know, we bring it to light a lot of times that maybe everybody's not seeing that. But we have an understanding when decisions are made like that, why they're made. And they're not just made, you know, for, for business, from a business standpoint. They're made because of how people feel about it. And it was very evident by the way that both of those folks, how they feel about it. Yep. I'd like well. to also say that, the, the Redskins had a 17-game schedule last year. They won four games at home and four games away, and they were ranked 22nd in total offense. What are they complaining about? Well, yeah. Come on. Yeah. When have we ever listened to the losers? That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Don't nobody listen to no losers. <laughs> the winner comes in. Everybody's eyes is wide open. Ears open. You are listening to the winner. Take me to the promised land. Let's go. And then your head coach is going to come in and say, oh, he's being too. No, that's because he's being demanding and authoritative, and you're not. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how to be. They want to take the medication. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. I want to to know if you you guys – Remember the skit with uh, Key and Peel did with when the, uh, Obama oh, yeah. got elected. Yeah. <laughs> I seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. No. Yeah. So that's how it reminds me. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Magic coming in, shaking Ron's hand, and giving Dap to the enemy. So. Mm, okay. Yeah. So that. So it's crazy. So, so oh, yeah. you think you think the move to bring the enemy in may have something to do with a, a, a peaceful transition, if you will, in a year or something? Probably wow. less than a year. Okay. All right. yeah. It, it yeah, was it was long overdue for them to bring somebody in because Scott Turner, that that offense, they they weren't going anywhere. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up a little bit and move on to uh, Northwestern, uh, and I'm gonna start with Ricky. I want to want to know your feelings on Northwestern. Uh, they had some strange things happen, according to the paper of uh, making the freshmen and underclass, you know, upperclassmen strip down, bump each other going into the shower. I I don't know what that that's all about, but anyway. Uh, Honestly, Duck, I hadn't I hadn't heard that, but just from your description, I'm not feeling it right now. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me let me let me let me fill this question out, Duck, about to ask me, and I'm like, oh, you do what? <laughs> so you you not so that's not the norm. <laughs> oh, no, not not in my locker room, not by my locker. I'm gonna put it that way. <laughs> I, hey. I, I'm gonna stay by my locker, just like I stay by my house and do my thing. But the, um, to each his own. But I hadn't heard that duck, but uh, it kind of caught me off guard because uh, um, I'm just trying to piece this together in my head. Um, this supposed to be some type of initiation or something? Yeah, it, it, it was part of that. Yeah, it was part of that harassment. Which it was brought up when they were talking about it, as far as you know, some of the harassment. 
uh, things that they were doing to freshmen and I guess the upperclassmen. We're doing well, things. Like my my well, thing is, well, like, why you got to take your clothes off for that? But anyway. Right. Well, one thing is, is they, you know, Northwestern hasn't been too successful, so maybe that has something to do with it because that's not football. <laughs> uh, I, you know, Duck, it's not too much I can say on that. I'm just saying I, I'm, I'm not feeling that right now, and uh, hey, somebody need to get in there and correct that or do something with it. I'm going to just leave it at that. All right, well, I'm going to jump to Carlos because, Carlos, I, I want to know if you would have participated in the watermelon eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh, uh, under those situations, uh, under those circumstances, I'm gonna say probably not. Uh, I do enjoy some watermelon, but I got a whole bunch of white friends that enjoy watermelon just as much. Exactly. And it was just the black players that they had do the watermelon contest. It was just the black. Only, you know, only the black. No. Uh, Yes, yeah, so you got to be that wouldn't, have, that wouldn't have went over Seriously? well. That would not have gone over yeah. well. Yeah. Seriously, y'all, it was only the black players that participated yeah. in it. And the yes, one sir. guy, the one guy won it because he he swallowed more seeds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh y'all, 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 y'all gotta stay, man. I, I think a, the university. I think the university has made all the right moves so far. I think Fitzgerald had to go as the coach. If they say you can't say you don't know what's going on under your reign, so then it's just loss of institutional control. You have to but be with in that control lack of your control, program. Carlos. They needed to the wipe the slate clean. Forget about it. All those coaches right. are still there. All those assistants and, and coordinators are still there, and they had to have known. This wasn't just on this, Gerald, and you can't tell me the athletic director didn't know either. Oh. Why like clean? They were now, trying to I, save I recruiting that, that, and all save the coaches, All the coaches do need to go. I agree. But, but there yeah. is circumstances where the athletic director may not know because they may not be that close to the whole operation. In, in the locker room. But the head coach, the coaches, if they say it was going on for 15 years, it's probably been going on for 30 years. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And just like the situation at Penn State, which I said before, the coaches knew there and looked the other way, the players knew there and just said, oh, that's just weird coach and left it at that. But this, after that situation, this you know, the, the, the eyes are open now. And so I agree. I think the whole coaching staff should go. I think they might need to shut down the program for at least a year and regroup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And really regroup and go in a whole other direction. Okay. You all can uh, tell me as 18 and 19-year-olds, hold on, I'm sorry, Doug, as 18 and 19-year-old athletes that you all wouldn't have said, no, I'm not going there in there without my clothes on and bumping anybody. Somebody should have yelled before now. None of you all on here would have done that. I know I would have. Yeah. You, were, you were right. I, I, yeah, I want to come to Will because, Will, I want to, I want to know, about, you know, what would make them think that having a, a watermelon contest was okay? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, uh, clearly uh, Northwestern needs to reevaluate its academic standards. <laughs> because obviously, because obviously you know, I mean, that's what they've always kind of been known as, you know, it, even in that conference, the uh, school with the highest academic standards. And so clearly there must be something wrong with the academic standards at, at Northwestern. So, right. But, I mean, that being said, um, and then it was interesting to see where uh, a thousand former Northwestern athletes have sent letters in trying to defend their, their the culture there, saying that um, they they had no awareness of uh, you know racist or sexist behavior like this in the past. And um, you know, and, and to me that's that's definitely smoke and mirrors because um, this is one of those things I think uh, carries on from year to year to year. You know, uh, you know, for as long as you can remember, it carries on as long as it hasn't been addressed. 
So if it has, you know, if things have happened and no one's ever brought it to light, then it's just moved on from, you know, this recruiting class to this recruiting class to this recruiting class until something like this uh, happens. Uh, and 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 I agree with uh, uh, with everybody that uh, the head coach, you know, obviously wasn't involved, but he certainly would be aware. Uh, the assistant coaches, the assistant coaches know more about it than the head coaches know know about it. Absolutely uh, knows about it. Um, so clearly the uh, house cleaning is is in order here. So I'd say if you're the interim coach, you know, that could be a, a temporary position as well. Um, but, yeah, to to have this sort of thing take place in this day and age, is it's uh, a little bit crazy because th- that type of behavior, whether it's racist, sexist, misogynistic, whatever it is, you know, it, it, it clearly isn't acceptable in, in, today's, uh, in today's world and certainly not in today's sports. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to bump over to Larry. I'm just thinking, Larry, a kid comes in your office and says to you, uh, Coach Tisdale, I'm, uh, we're, we're, we're going to do a little hazing, so what, what's your thoughts on us uh, having the blacks eat watermelon and, and, oh, and, and, and pick a winner? <laughs> Who has the audacity to do that? I'm just, I, I'm just stunned that somebody could possibly say that. Mm-hmm. No, but we're, what's worse, and you guys have touched on this, is that every assistant coach in there knew what was going on, and right. that they allowed it. You know, they signed off on that. Man, and again, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say it every time we speak. Like, the undertones of everything we speak about is keeping black players in black players' places. So shut up and dribble. You know, it's a dust right. up. I mean, there's so many ways of saying the exact same thing. You literally signed off on black folks eating watermelon. It, it, I don't care if Harvard, Northwestern, I don't want to get Harvard involved, but you're <laughs> supposed to be this, this, this Midwest Ivy League school, you know, with higher standards and academics. And this is the stuff, you know what, in the more and more I heard about it, the more and more I believe, with everybody writing to keep their head coach, that this needed to happen. This absolutely needed to happen. This can't be tolerated anywhere. And assistant coaches, you know better than that. So, And these assistant coaches are assistant over the past 15 years have been assistant coaches here and throughout, you know, the rest of the schools in America. You know, this is going on everywhere. It's, that's a, it's a sad tale. That's really pretty sad. Just to hear that, you know, I know hey, we, hey, have, we make fun of it, but man, hey, Doug, what, what you got, Rick? What Pat, you got? I just want to, I just want, I just want to understand this. Are you, are you telling me that they were singled out? I mean, it wasn't like could the white players <laughs> participate in it, or was it just this is for the black players? Well, of course, I mean, and this is just uh, speculation. It's reading the paper and stuff. They didn't mention one white one white player. It was specifically uh, for the black players, and they had certain games for those that were Latin players on the team. Um, one yeah. of the guys who uh, had uh, Mexican, uh, Mexican no, no, descent, that, <laughs> he came out and complained I, that they were forced to do certain things like, you know, salsa dancing. And I'm being serious here. And they thought they could get away from with this for so long. This is a law, and we're not talking about Georgia, law, Florida, but, Alabama.
and they can be our entertainment, however we want to make them our entertainment. Is this a white supremacist mindset? Is there no lawsuit out yet? No. So, Steve, my question is, were were you surprised that this took place, Steve? Uh, Yes, I was surprised. Uh, But after I found out about it, I was not shocked at all. First off, Pat Fitz, the coach, Pat Fitzgerald, had been at Northwestern since he was a freshman in college. Uh, well, I, I, mean, I take that back. I don't know that. But I know he played at Northwestern, and he started coaching when he left, and he eventually became the head coach, and he pretty much ran things. My daughter went to Northwestern. She is a graduate of Northwestern. Okay. And, uh, and conversations that we would have about things about the football Team. I do think that Gerald felt like this is my program, and I'll do yeah. what I want to do. And and you know I, I think that's pretty much the way it was. The thing that really surprises me is that it took this long for it to come to light because he knew what was going on. And, and in very specific terms, I, I was I've read about it. They had what they call the gauntlet where players had to run, had to go through upperclassmen, they were butt naked, to get to the shower. Uh, okay. Man, I'd have gone through there with my face hey, balled up, and it would have been hey, some hey, unhappy hey, upperclassmen. Hey, Steve, now we're yes, back sir. to not having clothes on. That's a little scary right there. It is. Yeah. I, I, don't, I would never have done yeah. that. I would have packed my shit, excuse me, I would have packed my stuff up and gone home. <laughs> And I would say, you will hear about this, and this, I, would, I, would, I would have laid into to all of the coaches. It's like, you, you guys, it's something wrong right. with all of you. Yeah. And I would have gotten the heck out of town. If somewhere else I'd have gone this to play or something. But this happened in other places. A, 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 uh, does it? Uh, of course it does, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Princess, are you shocked that one of the coaches said they were surprised that none of the blacks used salt on their watermelon? <laughs> I can't repeat that. I can't do sick, it. Boy. <laughs> oh my God! Hey, to all of our white <laughs> listeners, I apologize. <laughs> Thank you. I refuse to respond to that, Duck. Okay, that was move on. That, that was. I'm a do. That was mixed company. That was mixed company. Oh, oh, oh my that's, goodness! That's Uncle. That's Uncle Luke in the corner. Oh Lord! I was, That's Princess, I was I was asking for a friend. Okay, maybe you're asking for D man <laughs> who put salt and pepper on here. Uh, uh, <laughs> right, oh, I want to come. I want to come to. Uh, want to come to Carlos and uh, talk about what uh, Brave did for Terrence Williams before the first uh, preseason game. Uh, Wait a making him making him the head coach for that game. Does that does that help us? Does it Thank help you, us? Carlos. I would say not long term. No. Uh, maybe just a band aid for the situation. Uh, I don't really even know what he was trying to get done by doing that. <laughs> Great choice. So, yeah. I, I would say no. I don't think it helps anything. Uh, Will, uh, want to come to you? Uh, how many? How many will remember uh, Terrell Williams was the uh, head coach for the first preseason game? And I think it's the, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes it feels like it, it's a it's a it's a token thing, um, and, and I think you can certainly look at it that way. Um, but on the other side of it, you kind of look at it as it is a type of exposure. It is an opportunity to have your name introduced to uh, other coaches. I mean, I don't know that any owners won't, are going to remember it, you know, past the past that first quarter. Um, but I'm saying in the grand scheme of things, you know, as different things happen around the league, you know, you're at the combine, you're here, you're there, uh, people that are in the know will recognize him as the guy who – should be mentioned in, in the head coaching circles um, just because his name was brought to light. 
You know what I mean? And, and that's kind of a, a you know a minimalistic uh, type type thing because it was such a short term and it was a little bit of a, a of a token thing, but it did uh, kind of bring uh, his name and face to light a little bit. So I'm trying to look at the glasses being half full and hope that there is a, a, a bigger benefit other than just being a, a token gesture. Okay, uh, then coming to Steve Thornton, uh, Ole Miss did the same thing for the for that last scrimmage with uh, Coach Nix. Your thoughts on that? Who who would remember him being the head coach for the scrimmage? Well, you know, maybe very few people will remember. But again, the gentleman who spoke before me, and I, I, I didn't hear who it, the name, but I, I look at the glasses being half full as opposed to half empty, simply because it's some, some real-life exposure. And the, the, the context that we have talked about a lot of these issues is, you know, um, you know the undertone sometimes. But to get the experience, I think some guys would realize this ain't that hard. Because if he can do it, I know I can do it. But you have to get the experience doing it, you know. And I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that it's easy. But you don't know what you can do until you get the opportunity to do it. And it may may give you a, some, some confidence. And these guys may have been head coaches at some other point in their life, maybe not at a professional level, maybe in college, maybe in high school, somewhere. But you realize, hey, I can do this. And it may be a token gesture. I don't know. But to, to actually get the experience doing something, you realize, hey, I can do this. And if maybe not here, somewhere else. Because like I said, you've got to get the opportunity because we see it every year in every league, in every sport, where somebody gets an opportunity to be a head coach who has never been a head coach before. So... That, that's my approach to it or my thought process around it. I, you know, get that okay. opportunity and run with it. Okay, Larry, your feelings on that because with what Steve said and what Will said, I kind of – my feelings are a little bit different because if the owners in the pros don't remember and really none of the head coaches in college remember that he was the head coach of the scrimmage because – how many, you know, how many of us get to see the college scrimmages, you know, in the fall? And, and I'm going to take a different approach. Um, I think it was a huge gesture. Um, first of all, um, it, it had nothing to do with the game. It had to do with the gesture. Um, and, and for Lane Kiffin to pull that off in Mississippi, I think was <laughs> big for two, for, for two reasons. There are black folks around around the nation that sit and say, wow, that was a huge gesture. I'm, I can look at that for my son as a place to go because it might be it might be friendly, you know. Um, and then and then secondly, hopefully a trend to say that there are coaches that support us, and that was a way of supporting the ability to have coaches of color without coming out and saying it. So I think that may have been one of the first, you know, one of the first drips that hopefully leads into a waterfall. I think it was a huge gesture on both behalves. Um, we're going to look back, and I know Carl talked about this, Carlos, you know, when new ownership comes in, it will be ownership that, that has viewed this, has looked at this, and been part of this and seen this maybe, you know, hell, maybe in five years, you might have 50% of coaches uh, giving it a shot. And so maybe, or, or, or maybe we have more hires at the NFL or, or, or college level. Um, I think it's a big gesture, um, hopefully with large ramifications. They all start small, but I don't, this, I don't think this is a minimal gesture on my behalf. Uh, I, 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 I was really happy to see that. And, again, for Mississippi uh, to step forward and do that, yeah, that, that struck me a little differently. Okay, uh, Ricky, your thoughts on that? You know, Duff, I was just sitting there thinking about that. You you know my stance on when, when um, in the NFL when the when they had us doing a minority coaching internship. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it because I felt like we had to get their stamp of approval. 
to say, okay, they went through so many weeks with us. Now to the rest of the league, okay, he could be a viable candidate to do it. I was kind of a little shaky on that, you know, appreciative of the opportunity or whatever. But I see this, I think, as Larry said, I think this was a was a good gesture because no one's made making them do this. And for them to do this, it I don't want this to come off the wrong way. It, it seems like there's another coach, Elaine Kiffin, who is in our corner uh, to pull this off and do something like that to say, I'm going to do this. You know, whether I know it was just a, you know, scrimmage game preseason or whatever it is, but for them to do that, it's it's one per a one one more person, another feather in our cap to help us out. And then also now Lane almost has to when he talks to the media or whatever, he almost has to promote that person. So I'm hoping that this is what happens that these guys will have a guy like that on their staff. And if that can endure them to their fans, to their players, to their recruits or whatever, maybe it's a gesture that some more coaches may do. But I think what it do, it forces them now to talk about that coach. And I think that's the biggest thing is familiarity. A lot of times why white coaches aren't hiring black coaches because they, they're not in their circle. They don't know them. Nobody has put that stamp of approval on them. So maybe if they can do this, Maybe you get a coach at a, you know, another school that saw this and said, you know, or a president that said, you know, we need we need to make some changes here, and maybe you give a minority a, an opportunity that you probably wasn't thinking about before then. So I'm I'm not gonna look down on this. I'm gonna just look at it as a positive, and because anytime we get to do anything good. Um, or they give us, you know, we get an opportunity. I don't want to say give us an opportunity. Um, but something like that happens, we got to look at it and try to, you know, turn it into a positive. Okay. Uh, Tim. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is big. And I think, uh, uh, I don't know if it was uh, Larry that mentioned it. Um, I think it's very big for the, for the state of Mississippi because if you remember correctly, it was less than 15 years ago they got rid of the uh, Confederate flag off of their um, uh, state flag. And the, the university was using it prominently, prominently at ball games in the stadium, uh, waving it, uh, you know, when they scored touchdowns or field goals or something. So for them to, to, to make a gesture like this, I think it's huge because uh, you remember Michigan State hired a black coach a few years ago when they hired Sylvester Crone, uh, first black coach in the SEC. However, uh, the University of Mississippi, um, you know, stood in the door of, uh, of uh, James Meredith, who tried to go to school there uh, several years ago under George, uh, not George Wallace, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Orville, not Farbus, uh, I can't remember his name, but the, the, the Mississippi governor. Uh, stood in the door, would not let him even enroll at the University of Mississippi because that's the flagship university for that state. That's where the rich people send their kids to school. And uh, so I think it was major. Uh, even in 2023, for Lane Kiffin, who I've never been a big fan of, but I give him credit for this one. Okay, take us home, Princess, with it. What Your comment. Yeah, I settled the sense with this, but on one side – Two white men in Tennessee and Mississippi, you know, promotes two African American coaches on their on their team, and 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 I, you know, am proud that both did it. But then I, I say, you know, why is it needed? And right now we do need it. We need exposure. And before the induct, you knew who Terrell Williams was and have have a good relationship with him. You know, um, talk back and forth. But I hadn't heard of him. So thank you, Mike Rabel. For that, and thank you, Lane Kiffin, who I'm like Tim, never really been a fan of. But you'd have to say they realize the talent that they have within their teams, and it doesn't always have to look a certain color. And I appreciate that, and that they are doing it. But then, you know, again, I wish it wasn't needed. I wish on our own merit um, things would happen. So we got to get out of the way, though, gentlemen. Thank you, Larry Tisdale, Steve Thornton, Ricky Porter, Will Lewis. Carlos Bradley, did I leave out anybody? Tim Moore and Duck, who ruptured his Achilles while going to get a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Duck was reaching for the salt. <laughs> he was reaching for the 
don't like salt. I, 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 like I, don't like, I don't like salt on mine either. <laughs> it's the same. You all have a great week. I'm glad we were able to get this one in. We got to get out of the way for the professional contributors. Have a great week, gentlemen. Thank you. Right, take care. Good, good having you guys. Uh-huh. Amen. 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 Amen.